In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for the opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Ultimately, you know, keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hi, welcome back. It's Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. Another episode of 1% Better. The offseason keeps rolling, and we're getting ever closer to the regular season. Uh, Colts are winding down their, I guess what they're calling virtual offseason um, this week. It's been virtual for us too, Zach, because uh, <laughs> we haven't set foot on Colts property. But uh, we, we've gotten a lot of work done. We've gotten a lot of opportunity, I think, to to share and to um, have exchanges with players and coaches. So I get the team credit for that. Um, I don't feel like it's been nearly as bad as it could have been. And and this week was particularly good because we had a chance to talk to Philip Rivers, uh, who we haven't talked to, Zach, what, for a couple of months now at least? We talked to him um, once right after he signed it, and that was it. Yeah, so this was a unique opportunity. A lot has happened since then. You know, we talked to him in the wake of his uh, signing of the one-year contract to join the Colts, and everything was new. He didn't know anybody. Nothing had, you know, the ball hadn't even gotten started rolling at that point. But a lot's changed since then. He's moved to Indianapolis. In fact, last week, he's already thrown to his teammates twice since then, had a couple throwing sessions. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but it was a really interesting, excuse me, conversation with Philip on Wednesday. And Zach, you tell me if you disagree. I thought it was interesting, and we'll play this clip for you here. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I got a chance to ask him about the criticism of last season uh, back in LA because it was pretty bad, and it was well, it it really did gr- come to a crescendo at the end of the season. And obviously, the the Chargers parted ways. So uh, let's first play that clip, uh, Philip talking about what he heard and how he reacted to some of that criticism and maybe we spin that forward. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 I think, I think you, you, you have the right read on that uh, at its, uh, at its core is that I really, it doesn't bother me. I don't care, but at the same time, shoot, we're all human. And at, at times I think, I think what may, may have aggravated me a little bit last year was, you know, uh, that I just couldn't play anymore. You know, when you, you heard that, it, it bothered me because I wanted to go, shoot, let's turn on the tape and, and watch all the good things. Yes, there were, some, there were some bad plays last year. There were some certainly throws I want back and, and certainly some very costly you know, uh, uh, mistakes. Um, so, I, and I own up to all those, but I just think I, I, there was so much good. And, and I, I still, shoot, I, I had some throws last year that were probably as good as I've had in my whole career. So, I, I, I knew – so I didn't feel like I had to, you know, sell that to anyone. But at the same time, it, it, it did aggravate you a little bit. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to be aware. I'm one of those guys that likes to be aware 
you know, I don't go searching for stories and, and want to keep up with what everybody thinks. Uh, but at the same time, I, I like to kind of be in tune with, uh, with what's going on. I don't really try to hide from that. I'm not one of those that doesn't turn on the TV or, or look at anything during the season. So, but I don't feel like I have anything to prove, but I am excited, uh, though, to go, to go have a better season and go play, go play better and, and, uh, help this team, you know, win a bunch of games and, and, uh, and obviously chase, try to accomplish our goals. But I, I it, that, that is, again, isn't a motivating factor. Um, that is it. I don't go, gosh, I gotta, I, I gotta keep going just so they don't, nobody thinks I've lost it. That certainly, uh, is way, 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 way down. If even on the list, I don't even, I don't even think about that uh, as far as as far as going into this season. So uh, I thought some honesty from Phil yeah. Rivers. I think that was that was good, and, and some defiance too. Uh, and tell me your thoughts. Like, so I wrote I wrote a column kind of outlining my reaction to this. Uh, Zach, what was yours? This guy's a great interview. That was my first thought. Um, yeah, a lot better than a lot of quarterbacks in terms of he's not as guarded. He says what he thinks. And this was a pretty raw, real um, response. And he's like, look, look, I heard it. Bothered me. Um, I don't think he's wrong, though. I don't think he played well last year, but I don't think the arm is shot. Frank Reich would have seen it on the tape. He watched every throw. There were long, deep throws that he made last year. Um, I don't think the arm strength is gone. I think he forced some late in games, and I saw that on the tape that I watched. And that's what Rivers is, and you sort of wrote about that, and I've written about that as well, is if this guy is in the game, he's going to still take shots to score touchdowns, whether his team's 4-11 and on the season or not. Um, and that inflated that interception number. And I think if you talk to people around the Chargers – they will absolutely agree with you on that. So that's a pretty objective statement, right? He tried to he tried to bring them back at games and tried to make the the hero play, and that got him in trouble. But from terms of his psyche, you know, he did use the word refreshed yesterday. This new team for the first time in 17 years and new teammates and Ty Hilton and getting to know, you know, he's sending videos to Ty Hilton of his kid and and Ty sending videos of his son and Jack Doyle and him got in the field the other day and started throwing. That seems to reinvigorate guys. I don't know how long that lasts. I don't know if that's a two-year thing, a one-year thing, or whatever. But it seems like this is going to reinvigorate Rivers a little bit. It seems like Nick Sirianni and Frank Reich have had the same impact on him. And and the more I talk to people from from San Diego slash L.A., it's like, dude, just wait till this guy gets behind this offensive line. And so that's another element here we haven't talked about. But I think that will further you know reinvigorate him and and if he's got the physical attributes still if he hasn't slipped in that regard I think everything around him will help him and he'll be a better player than he was last year and you won't hear the Philip Rivers is over the hill talk as much it just seems like it's set up for that outcome but then again that's why football's great we don't know what's going to happen well yeah I agree on all counts and I, I I think that it was actually very interesting and I know this is not in the clip we just played, but it was definitely interesting uh, to hear him kind of talk about the the adjustment, right? And and learning these guys. So he met Paris Campbell and Jack Doyle for the first time this week, and you know he's talked to he them in these met virtual meetings. Person besides those two, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so you know they've had all these interactions in these virtual meetings, but uh, none of them have actually met in person because everybody's been quarantined in different parts of the country and what have you. So guys are starting to trickle back into town and, you know, and it was actually like a turning the page for him. It really is different. I mean, you got to think, suppose 
you worked somewhere from the time you got out of college, you worked one place for 16 years and never worked anywhere else. And then you decided, well, they didn't fire you, but you guys decided you've outgrown each other. <laughs> it's yeah. time for you to work somewhere else. And so when you're 17th year in that profession, you go and you work somewhere else. I mean, that's, that's crazy, right? I mean, and he's doing this in a, in a walk of life or in a, a profession where guys change employers like all the time and he never did it for 16 years so that has got to be an interesting situation and on top of all of that to continue the metaphor you're not only like sort of a rank and file employee you're like a very high-ranking employee in that organization well that's the quarterback right and so now he's got to come in and and find a way to assert himself here and i think that is actually interesting because that's a good segue because he's doing that here um did you guys ask you about that you wrote the other day that he's kind of spearheading these workouts and you know how chris ballard talks about the locker room and and what kind of teammate do you think philip rivers is going to be because i think we got a pretty good taste of that yesterday just how he talked about his teammates how he spoke about what they went through last week in those discussions and i think this matters because you're coming in and taking a guy's job and they, they all love Jacoby Brissett. Let's let's get that out there. They love Jacoby Brissett. He's very, very close with a couple guys on the team. This could have been awkward. How do you think Rivers handles that? Because that's as much of a challenge as what he's going to have to do on the field, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I just kind of thought about this. It's not something we've pointed out. We have talked a lot about, you know, how Jacoby would respond to this situation, which is a very relevant issue, right? I mean, Jacoby's a very... Uh, strong-willed person, and and he lets you know how he feels. He's very honest and all that, right? So, so we we can imagine that, it, and I think the coaching staff has told us, yeah, Jacoby wasn't thrilled about this, right? Yeah. But there's a flip side to that, and you just hit on it. I think it's perfect because this is as much Philip Rivers' problem as it is Jacoby Brissett's problem. He has to be the one that has to be gracious and has to show who he is and prove himself to his teammates. Look, they, they know he's probably going to the hall of fame that they know who he is and know what he's done, but it's more than that, right? If you come in and you're kind of an ass about it, that's not going to go over. Well, the good news is Philip rivers is nothing of the sort from anything anyone's ever said about him. And, and I think that really does matter. And I think if he wasn't that type of guy, I think Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni would have handled this differently and maybe wouldn't have been, as eager to do this um, but they know him better than just about anybody right so yeah so when they, they looked who at, they were dealing with in free agency when they looked at all the tape and they and they weighed the character stuff you know frank and nick and jason michael the tight ends coach and all these guys that worked with him before said like look there's no issues like this is 100 out of a 100 on the character scale that matters into this situation absolutely and if this team can get a really good season from Rivers and get a really good season from Brissett. And I don't necessarily mean on the field, but Frank talked about this last week in terms of this guy's going to have a role. And you know that because they love Jacoby Brissett and, and he's going to have a role just like he did in 18. And if they can get this all to work, that's a credit to the Colts organization and to Frank Reich. It really is. And it's a credit to Jacoby and to Philip Rivers for being pros about this because this is the same thing that divides locker rooms and other teams. We've seen this over the years um, where – quarterbacks don't get along and the team is split and the season falls apart. That's um, not as easy of a situation as it sounds like maybe. Um, but the fact that these guys are getting along really well, they text every day almost that's Jacoby and, and, and rivers. That's a credit to both of them. And it's a credit to Reich for, for building 
that team first mentality and getting guys to buy in because it's not always that simple. And I, I think I, there's something interesting, and, and you can even do this at home as a listener. Just go back and and Google some of the things that that Phillips Chargers teammates said about him, both before and after the release, uh, before he you know sort of got the green light to pursue free agency, and and after that point, which I think was uh, February. The quotes are unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. read the things that that guys like Melvin Gordon said about him, and. I think it's telling, and I know that guys always say nice things about their quarterback, right? Even bad ones. I, I get that, but this but isn't you about can tell. This, can't you can't you tell when sure, it's really sure authentic? Can, sure also, this wasn't about. I think the the substance of what they were saying was not about uh, his performance. It was about his leadership and who he is and what he means to the organization and, and things like that. And I think, I mean, you see things like guys saying like he's an elite leader. Like the best leader I've ever played with, you know, things like that, and I, I think that matters. Um, he also is an intense competitor. I, I saw a YouTube reel the other day. <laughs> I think it was the ten best, uh, something like I, I'm just paraphrasing here. Something like the ten best Philip Rivers trash talk moments or something. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite he of told, Andrew Luck, right? It's unbelievable. Andrew Luck will, you know, it's well documented. Andrew Luck would get, you know, body slammed and get up and shake a guy's hand, right? Like, who does that? It's always, you know, of course it ended weirdly with Andrew. The guy's not normal. But uh, well, anyway, there's a, there was actually an instance I'm trying to remember here. Ah, I, I know what it was. Chargers make a big play, and I guess the defense was blitzing. <laughs> Phillip Rivers is running down, the, running down the field, and he says to the linebacker, he says, Y'all put that stinking blitz on tape? Y'all think that's a good blitz? <laughs> He's taunting him. It's like, not only did I just gut you, I'm going to talk shit about you now. I mean, he'll never say a curse word, by the way. That's me. I'm definitely paraphrasing. <laughs> I'm and definitely I think, paraphrasing. I think a big part of this is, and you've been around enough guys to know what works and what doesn't in locker rooms, but I think at, at his core, and, and Frank talked about this earlier this week, is like Rivers is a teammate. Like at, at the end of the day, this dude loves playing football and he loves being a teammate. And it's very simple. I think guys gravitate to guys like that, especially quarterbacks, because a lot of quarterbacks get wrapped up in the celebrity of the position. And I think that's what you saw early in Seattle with Russell Wilson. Remember all those defensive players were getting jealous of all the attention and River, you know, and, and Russell Wilson was coming to star. And I think that's what we saw with Luck and why so many teammates loved playing with him, because Luck didn't give a shit about any of that. He didn't care about the celebrity or the attention, anything. He just wanted to play football. He wanted to go home and read a book. That's all he wanted to do. Rivers is not Andrew Luck. They're not the same player. They're not the same person. But Rivers is just a country kid from Alabama who just wants to play football and be a good teammate. I don't think he cares about all the other stuff. And I think when you're talking about offensive linemen, you're talking about running backs, all these guys that aren't going to get as much attention as the quarterback, I think they will really respect and want to play with a guy who cares about the stuff that matters. And the longer I've covered the league, I've started to see that there are some guys that love playing in the NFL and there are some guys that just love playing football. I think Rivers is probably more of the latter. That's a Matt Hasselbeck quote, by the way. But you see that from time to time. You see the guys who, who jump on Instagram as soon as the game's over at their locker. And there's guys that post videos of their workouts all the time. And it's like, everybody's working out, man. It's the NFL. Uh, and there's some guys that don't post anything and just and just show up to work every day. And I think Rivers is that. And I think that's going to help bridge this 
uh, transition a little bit easier. I think he's an easy, from everything the Chargers players have said, he's an easy guy to play with. He's an easy guy to play for. And, and I think that matters. And I think that's going to help the Colts really buy into this guy because essentially they paid someone $25 million to take Jacoby's job. Yeah, he's going to fit in well here. I, by the way, you mentioned Instagram and all that. I haven't looked really hard, but I've looked a couple times, and I don't think I can find any social media accounts for Philip Rivers. So, so he's got to be one of the few. There are not many. I, have you seen one? I haven't. I no, I'm not no, aware of one. I, no, I've not. I don't seen think any he's on. Rivers. Yeah, so he's got nine kids. Anyhow. How are you going to have social media when you got nine kids? <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so, but I think he'll fit in well here. I think every, I love everything you just laid out there because I I don't necessarily think that's what determines your success. Obviously, right? I mean, you can be Aaron Rodgers and be on you know fourteen commercials and and still be you know the greatest quarterback in the NFL at this given time, as far as I'm concerned. But at the same time, well, I guess Pat Mahomes has something to say about that. But anyhow, I, I do think that that he fits in well here, Philip Rivers, because. You know, he, even though he's new, as you said, and, and he's got a lot to prove and all that, number one, he understands how to integrate himself. And I think that leadership is just natural for him, uh, but it's a gracious form of leadership. It's not a yeah. do as I say. It's more of a, hey, we're going to do this together. Uh, so that's a very important distinction. Uh, he's It's hard to come in and boss people around because that's never going to go over well. I don't think that's his goal, and I don't think that's his intent. I think that Philip understands uh, this is a we, not me. And and that's an important distinction, and he gets that. I really think he does. Uh, and guys, they'll gravitate to that. And, and the other thing is, you, you know, we talked about him being a trash talker and all that. Uh, he does it in such a way that it's it's actually kind of fun, to be honest, number one, because he says gosh darn and things like that. Yeah. You know, for he said starters. shoot on but, the conference call 30 times yesterday. <laughs> Exactly, but can you see him and Darius Leonard going going at it in training camp? Oh like, yeah, I can those see that. Southern those Southern accents for sure. Oh, it's that's gonna be, gonna be fun. But that's gonna be fun to watch because Darius is gonna give it I, right back to him. Exactly, but I think that's great, and I think that's how you build right. a team. Right. I, I right. think you want it to be competitive. You want it to be intense, but you want guys to enjoy competing against each other, uh, knowing that they're making each other better. I think that's going to be. Uh, very, very beneficial for this team. They're actually going to be doing it next week, in fact, locally uh, here in Indianapolis. They are, uh, we touched on this earlier, uh, Philip Rivers is taking one of the lead roles on this and, and organizing what's basically going to be kind of a mini camp. And so they're rounding up a lot of the offensive and defensive players. Kenny Moore playing a role in this, uh, getting these guys together. They have to do it on their own because there are no, uh, there's no availability to do sanctioned practices at team facilities right now so we're still in a quarantine situation in the nfl so they're not allowed to even be at the team facility unless you're getting rehab for injuries so uh, the coaches aren't even back in the office yet so and won't be probably till training camp from what frank reich says so they're going to do this on their own uh what what did that say to you that not only did Philip Rivers see this as something very important to do and is is going to great lengths to make it happen, but also that these guys want to be there and and are making it a priority. And it sounds like they're going to have a great turnout. Uh, at least that's what they're expecting. What, what's to say to you? What, what do you take away from that? It always impresses me, or it always tells me a lot, how many guys stay in the city they're playing in during the offseason, right? Because these guys have huge contracts. They can live wherever they want. They've got 
off-season houses all over the country. They could go sit on the beach if they wanted to. They don't have to be here. Um, the fact that Rivers came on yesterday and said, basically, I'm not going anywhere. There are no summer vacations planned. I'm going to be in Indy starting right now. And this is not going to be the last of these throwing sessions that he's going to have with his teammates. That says a lot about the quarterback. And the fact that all these guys want to get together, one, these guys are tired of virtual meetings. They got a lot out of it, sure. But you could tell, even talking to DeForest Buckner a couple weeks ago, he's like, I just want to go play football. And I don't blame him. I want to go watch football as opposed to sit at my office and, and interview someone on Zoom. So I think they're antsy. I think they want to get out there. And also, I think... You know, I think this team has not forgotten seven to nine. And I think guys like Darius Leonard and, and Kenny Moore, and I think that that stung them a little bit because they really had a good start to last season and it fell apart. I think it humbled them a little bit. And in kind of wrapping everything full circle, I thought this this graph and your story this morning, this is this is everything that we need to understand about the quarterback here. Rivers is not here to be the savior. He is the Colts were never seeking a savior. I think that's really important. They didn't sign this guy, and the money kind of blinds you from that, but they didn't sign this guy to yeah. come in and change the offense. They just need him to be a couple ticks better than Jacoby was last year. And I think they're going to get that. I don't think that's too much to ask of Phillip Rivers. And I think, you know, with everything else he's going to bring, everything we've talked about the last 25 minutes, you know, that's going to matter as well. So him getting these guys together speaks to the teammate he's going to be. And, and again, Go Google what the Chargers have said about Philip Rivers. I mean, it's like they think he's the greatest thing that's ever played football in terms of being a teammate. So that stuff matters, and you're seeing that in Indy this week. And um, I mean, if he didn't have his teammates to throw to, he could just get all his kids out there. That's nine. That's an offensive line plus four receivers. You know, that would help too. I mean, that's that's a little bit of work too. Maybe you do that in July when everyone's out of town. Yeah, I, I will never get past the fact that he has nine kids i just i cannot get my head around that uh, anyway uh before we move on from rivers real quick uh top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine whether it's waking up early setting their goals for the day exercise or meditation but not everyone has the time to do it all with hydrant you can jumpstart your mornings hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. They help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors and a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. So, for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com slash football. That's drinkhydrant.com slash football for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash football. You know, what's it? one last thing before we go on from Rivers. I... You know, you just kind of touched on this, right? Like, and I mentioned it in the story. He doesn't have to be, you know, sort of Philip Rivers circa 2009 or something. Like, he doesn't have to be that. He he really just has to be just barely good enough to, or just like you said, just better than Jacoby Brissett. And I think that's an important point to, to I think make you, to you noted, Yeah, you noted this in the story. This is what I've been saying for months, and people have not. I don't think they've heard me. Like, look, he needs to be Andrew Luck in 18. And there were games when, and you noted this, Andrew threw as mm -hmm. few as 23 passes. 
that was when the offensive line got going and the running right. game got going. If you remember, the perfect game for me in terms of what Frank Reich wanted to do was that Dallas game. They just absolutely dominated them with the offensive line. I've never seen an offensive line dominate a game like that, with the exception of maybe the Kansas City game last year. But they don't need Rivers to come in here and throw it 50 times a game because he's not going to. Yeah, so success for Rivers, like what does it look like when you when you ask that question? It, it doesn't necessarily mean you know, 5,000 yards and, and 30 touchdowns, right? That, that is not what it, that's, that's not what defines success here. In fact, if he has really big numbers, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, you know, the, how they get there. In fact, because right. it might be for the wrong reason. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a because really I good think point. This is going to be, yeah, I think this is going to be a really balanced team or at least offensively. It should when be luck really was balanced. throwing it 60 times a game, it was for the wrong reasons. That's not what they want to do. They're willing to do that if they have to try and win that game, but it's not sure. how they want to do this. Yeah, that's. I don't see that as being the game plan on any given week. I mean, no one wants to throw it 60 times, but I don't even think their goal is to throw it 40 times. You know, I, I think this is going to be, I mean, hell, they drafted an All-American running back. <laughs> okay, so what do you right. think they're trying to do here, right? right. So I think it's pretty clear, both based on who Frank Reich is. Look, he's not afraid to, th- to throw that thing. Okay, clearly we know yeah. that. It's not like he's timid, but at the same time, we know Frank Reich is actually prefers some balance. And then we also know that they're very invested in the running game in terms of their personnel and and the strengths of those personnel. So I I think this is going to be. I think that's just something to keep in mind. Is he going to want to? Are you going to want him to be your fantasy quarterback? Eh, maybe not. You know, maybe not. And that's okay. That has nothing to do with the success or lack thereof of the Colts, though, as far as I'm concerned. Because this isn't about fantasy this year. This is more about uh, opportunities and, and mounting drives and, and putting the ball in the end zone. And they have a multiple way. They have multiple ways to do that. So that's just my two cents, at least. Um, yeah, I'd be remiss be fun to watch them chase that balance. Yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, the conversation we had with Rocky Asin yesterday. Uh, I think Zach and I were talking about this afterward. Rock, he couldn't get away from us fast enough in the locker room last year. Yeah. I don't know if you had that experience. Uh, he had no interest in talking to us. But Really nice kid. Just yeah. just didn't want to say much, which is a, it's just the case with a lot of rookies, to be honest. It's fine. Yeah. So, much to our surprise, yesterday he was extremely talkative, I thought. and And I thought he revealed a lot, too, in terms of – it's what I thought, in fact. I thought that they had really put a lot on his shoulders and, and there was a lot of pressure associated with that. He admitted that, yeah. But yeah. he also was fine with it. Um, what was your read on him? And, and then we can maybe segue into what's next. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing on Rock because I thought it was so fascinating. And I dug up an interview I had with Jonathan Gannon, the cornerbacks coach, late in the year. And, and this was great. I mean, Gannon coaches these guys tough and he said look we put him in really tough spots we wanted him to play the best receiver typically you know and, and that meant michael thomas one week it meant keenan allen one week it meant Cortland sutton one week and and rock never shied away from that he asked the coaches i want to see the best receiver and you guys remember you guys that watched this season he had some he had some moments where he struggled the denver game he had five penalties uh, there was a couple other big plays he gave up uh, I mean, it was it was education and it was trial by fire. Because if you're a rookie cornerback, you're going to get beat. He was beat a lot. That's that's the reality of it. And Rock called it a crossroad. Like as a young player, you can either lose confidence 
and just kind of fall apart. And I think that's something that Quincy Wilson dealt with because he got beat a lot early in his career and he got his confidence back a little bit, but never really was able to get back to being a consistent corner. And now he's with the Jets and we'll see what he does. But, you know, Rock is, is not shaken in terms of confidence. Um, he's ready to go. And he really thinks all the snaps he saw last year. And by the way, he played more snaps than anybody on that defense. And he was a rookie. Um, he thinks all those snaps and all that experience is going to help him immensely. They always say the biggest jump is from year one to year two. This guy's not, he's not, he's not lacking in confidence right now. And, um, you know, after the season, Chris Ballard was like, look, you know what I love about this kid? He just, he just works. He, good day. He comes in and he works more. Bad day. He comes in and he works more. So that's kind of what we've seen from Rock. Very, very few words. He just wants to work. Um, and I think last year, was going to turn out to be a really good thing for him because he learned how tough it is to guard these receivers in this league. You know, as an aside, I want to clarify one thing. You know, I I mentioned how, you know, he wasn't interested in talking a lot with the media and never had, never seemed to have time to stop for an interview. (laughs) As I, as the season ended and I, I talked to people in the building, one thing that I learned was that, that Rocky Asin is, is sort of a, a big stickler for routine. He's he's a very, he's very much a routine guy, and a lot of guys are like this. But he, as a rookie in particular, it was interesting. Uh, he was sort of anal about uh, being um, really strict with his treatment in terms of his preparing his body, uh, in terms of film preparation and things of that nature. And and I think now that I look back at it, it's like okay, wait a minute, this guy is all about business, and that's what that was. And so. I respect that a lot because I think you mentioned this earlier and I think the the Matt Hasselbeck quote you mentioned, you know, some guys like being in the NFL and some guys like playing football. Uh, This guy, he handled it like a job and it's hard to do that sometimes from day one. Yeah. It's hard to do that. You're 22 years old. You come in the NFL, they hand you a, you know, a ton of money and you know, you're, you're a potential star immediately. You're the, the top draft pick. He was the 34th over pick for the Colts. 34th yeah. overall pick for the Colts last year. And so <laughs> you could easily say, I made it. And this kid did it very much differently than that. And and actually buckled down and focused and blocked everything out. You know, I mean he wasn't he, he wasn't, you know, consumed with the social media and consumed with the lifestyle and, and all A those things. A lot like all another rookie defensive back. Kari Willis. And I know that they didn't have Couldn't the best seasons. I mean, they, they both had good spots and bad spots, but they are very mature in the way they go about their work. And that's only a good thing as they move forward because those guys saw a lot of snaps last year. Yeah, and I think, again, I mean, not to you know make this about the Colts being geniuses or anything, but, but this goes back. I think there's a relationship there. It's not by accident that, right. that they pick guys like that. You know, they put a lot of time and effort, um, i.e. Brian Decker. They put a lot of time and effort into assessing these guys and who they are as much as as what they are as players, right? And and I know everybody does that, but some do it better than others, bottom line. And I, I think I'd put the Colts up there in that, in that group that does it better. So, yeah, there's something to that. Uh, this is not accidental. You you take a guy who has talent, but also that level of commitment and dedication and and work ethic, then you really got something. Versus a guy who's got the talent and maybe not as much of those things. So I right. think they have that in Rocky Asin. Um Are you just about the secondary in general? 
are you bullish? Are you concerned? Are you agnostic? <laughs> like, what are your thoughts? No, I'm concerned. I'll be honest. I love the front mm-hmm. seven. I really do. I love the defensive line. I love the linebackers. And I'm not sold completely on the secondary. And I'd love to be wrong, but Malik Hooker was inconsistent last season. I know what he can do. I know the great plays. I've seen him. He didn't do it consistently. Rocky Sins needs to be better. Kari Willis needs to be a little bit better. Um, they're not going to have Clayton Gathers back there. And maybe Clayton didn't play as many snaps, but don't tell me that guy didn't have a big role in that in that room. And same with Pierre Desir. They're not going to have him. Pierre struggled last year with the hamstring, but he was a guy the young guys looked up to, and that matters. So Xavier Rhodes is a, is a question mark for me. I don't know how he can, can't can be anything else for anybody. I mean, this, this guy did not play good football last year, and maybe he can get back to that all-pro level. But until we see that, you, you can't say that's a sure thing. So uh, I don't think I'm alone in that. I don't think the Colts are completely convinced their secondary is going to be elite this year by any means. So um, that's the one part of the defense I'm going to I'm going to watch very closely during camp because – you know, it's, they're gonna. Jacob Eason's gonna be thrown against them, and, and Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett, and these new young receivers and these new tight ends, and it's gonna be fun to watch that group and how they handle it. Because um, it's it's the Colts have three capable quarterbacks now that are gonna be trying to go at them in August, so that's gonna be fun to watch. But you know, I think I think Rock and I think Willis need to take step up step ups this year. I think that's obvious. I think Hooker needs to be more consistent, and I think Rose needs to prove he can, one, stay on the field, and two, get back to something close to the level he played at in 17. Yeah, so I, I see it like you. It's a secondary with the potential to be good, but still having to prove that. So we'll and, see. And uh, potential Buckner's going to make them better. I mean, let's not discount yeah. the fact that you know the line's going to help them. Yeah, I, I think that's their, that's their meal ticket, honestly. I think some pass rush – uh, makes everybody look good. So we'll see. Uh, look, we're not done. There's still more to come. Uh, we're we're going to hear more from these guys next week, uh, some of the rookies uh, who we haven't talked to as much as well. So, so stay tuned for that uh, and much more coverage to come on The Athletic. I know we're both working on, on stories uh, for the coming uh, days and weeks. So that is it for today. I am Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer. Thank you again for listening. Uh, to 1% Better. If you're not subscribing to The Athletic, uh, please join us. A little bit of a downtime right now, but we're gearing up for the biggest fall you've ever seen in the history of sports, apparently. So So (laughs) many sports. (laughs) It's going to be sports overload. So uh, don't miss that. Thanks, guys, again. Uh, We appreciate you listening. I'm Stephen Holden with that.